Well, Merry Christmas. All those watching, watching at home today, we say Merry Christmas to you. Remember where you're watching from? Also, uh, the Savelles are probably watching, so we want to say happy birthday to Dr. Savelle. We love you and, uh, and appreciate you, so we believe this is going to be your best year yet. Amen? Amen. So, hallelujah. Mm. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. Victory looks good on me. I, I received that. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas to my family in Maryland, and so, of course, Annette and I wish we were, wish we were there to celebrate Christmas with you, but just know how much we love you, Paul and Virginia Bridges, and my sister and family, so, hallelujah. Mm. Have you ever, have a Bible, which you should have your Bibles, or your phone, or something. Go to Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. You have your, your faith expectancy to hear the word this morning. Yes. Hallelujah. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about the Christmas story, and we talked how the story of Christmas is a testimony that God is faithful to his word, right? Every prophecy that was given, and then the prophecies that were fulfilled, all containing the story of the coming of Jesus. And when it was fulfilled, it was a statement in the spirit and it's a statement for you and I that God will fulfill what he said he would fulfill. And that's something we need to hold on to in our lives right now. That's something we need to hold on to as we step into 2024 is that God is faithful to his word. What he said out of his mouth will not return void. What he said he will accomplish and what he said he would perform, he would do it, according to Isaiah 46. So knowing that the Christmas story isn't just a cute story that we can, we can hold to and, and, and think about during the season, but it is a statement to me that God is going to fill, fulfill his promises in my life. You need to know that the Christmas story is a, is a testimony that God is going to fulfill his word in your life. Are you grateful for that? Are you grateful for the word of God being fulfilled in your life? Amen. Amen. So the Christmas story is so much more than just a cute story we refer to, the, to this time of year. It is everything having to do with uh, God bringing us close to Jesus, bringing us close to the Father. The Christmas story is about taking humanity and connecting us back to God. That's the gospel. That Jesus, he took on the form of a servant and became a man, being fashioned as a man. With the whole intent that he could, would redeem man. Galatians 4, 4 says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. So here, in the fullness of time, so God had to speak something, and eventually there was a fullness of time. And I don't know what promises or what words you might be holding on to in your life right now, but you need to know, because of the testimony of the Christmas story, the word of God in my life will come to pass. It will come to pass, Joseph. Joseph. 
Let's look at Luke chapter 1. And I was, I was praying over really just what to minister during this month. And I kept coming back to this thing. And I was like, I was like okay, I, I was like, Lord, I, I don't know where you want to take this. Because it's not necessarily a typical Christmas message. But I believe it's going to give us revelation this morning. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 1. And I referred to this um, during our, uh, our variety show. Wasn't that an awesome, wasn't that an awesome time seeing all the talent in the church? Amen. Give a hand to everyone that performed and, and did that. That was such an, a, an excellent time. I know Annette and I were thoroughly blessed by everyone's talent and, and, and gift, and that was just an excellent time. If you, if you weren't here, I encourage you to, to go back online and, and watch it, and, but it, it was just a, a wonderful time. And, and I referred to this at the end, and, and since then, I just kept meditating on this. I'm like, what do you want to say Christmas Eve? What do you want to deposit in our hearts? Not just for a Christmas message, but something that will deposit in our hearts for the days to come. Let's start in verse 1. It says, insomuch as many, thank you, Father, insomuch as many having taken in hand to set in order a narrative, you could say a story, of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So, he, so the writer of Luke is writing to us, and he is saying that this is a story of the things that I've received, not from made up in my head, but these are things that I'm, I've heard from as eyewitnesses. I have firsthand information here from people that were there. A narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, among us, these things fulfilled among us. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. Meaning, meaning what I'm about to tell you is just as real as the things that Isaiah talked about. The things that people went before us, the things that they were eyewitnesses to, and all the Torah and all the things that we have, just as much as they were eyewitnesses, then, then these were eyewitnesses. Meaning that you could, you could, you could put a, to a statement that just as true as the things that went before with prophecy, the things I'm about to write you are just as true. Verse 3 says, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know, that you may know, you might have understanding of the certainty. This word certainty means undoubted truth. Undoubted truth, it, truth, it also means firmness. So, so he's saying, O Theophilus, that you may have an understanding of the undoubted truth of those things in which you were instructed. Meaning, I'm going to not just tell what happened, but I'm also, this is also things to instruct you so you can have undoubted truth. But he says, O Theophilus. And I'm thinking about this, and it's like, so was this book written just to one person? O Theophilus. Now, we see this name one other place, and Luke is the only one that uses it because he starts the book of Acts with O Theophilus. So Luke and this Theophilus guy must be really tight. 
I mean, they, they must be really close because they're saying, he's saying, oh, Theophilus, and he's writing 24 chapters to this Theophilus guy. And then he writes 28 chapters that he really didn't finish writing because there was no amen to it in the book of Acts to the same guy. But yet we don't know anything about Theophilus, but Luke does. And I'm not saying that this is, this is my take on it. I'm not saying this is fact or anything like that. I, we don't have anything to either discount it or disprove it in any way. At least I haven't been able to find anything. But I got looking and just, cons- what is this Theophilus? What, what, Luke, what are you, who is this guy? Inquiring minds want to know. Who, who is Theophilus? Because he wants Theophilus to know things of a certainty and the things he's been instructed to. And so I looked up this word, Theophilus, in the Greek, and it means Theo, meaning God. Theophilus means friend of. So he's writing to the friends of God. He wants friends of God to know something. So when we, we, we lay out the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1 with the, with the coming of John the Baptist and, and the visitation of Mary and we get to chapter 2 and we're looking at the visitations of the shepherds and the angels, we have to understand that he's wanting Theophilus to know something of a certainty of what's been instructed so they can now live this out. But Theophilus is the friend of God. The friends of God. He, he wants the friends of God to know something. Now, in our understanding of friend, we, we often have people we call friends that probably wouldn't be in a Jewish, a Hebrew person's perspective or an ancient times understanding of what a friend is. See, we call people a friend, but then we'll talk behind their back. Oh, well, they're my friend. Well, they're my friend, but will you help them in need? You see, we have different perspectives of what a friend might be. And I, and I just want to talk about a friend of God. And my title today is, is Christmas is about gifts given and gifts received. But I want to unpack this and lay this foundation for a moment. Now, this word friend in the Greek is not just, is not, it was, um, was stated not that you have a love for someone, but the intent of a friend was to promote their good. In the Greek picture of this, the understanding of it, it's rooted in an, in, in an exchange. Like, like Terry and I, we're exchanging something. I'm, I'm exchanging my weaknesses for his strength and his strength for my weaknesses. There's an exchange there. It's, a, it's an exchange of favor and it's a, an exchange of support. But it also has a sense of duty, meaning, meaning I, you don't even have to ask me. This is, this is what I do because this is who I am. I'm a friend. So because of that, I'm going to exchange my goods to help you. I'm, I'm going to exchange my sufficiency to help you in your insufficiency. That's what a picture of someone in a Greek understanding of what a friend is. It is an exchange of favor, an exchange of support with a sense of duty. And the picture that it gives, it is you allowing or someone allowing someone to stand on their shoulders. 
It's you allowing someone to stand on their shoulders to be able to reach higher than they could without being able to stand on someone's shoulders. This is what a Greek understanding of a friend is. It's an exchange of favor, support. It's a sense of duty, and it's allowing someone to stand on your shoulders. Now, in the Hebrew understanding of this word friend, the root word of means to link or to join together. It's to link or join together. Now, in a Hebrew mind... A friend is one of the primary relationships in life. Now get this. Now this is the, this is the issue of a friend, the way we don't understand an understanding of what a friend is. It's a primary relationship in life, and it's a tie that exceeds even the bond of blood. It goes beyond your relationship with your parents or your children. In a Hebrew mindset, that's what a friend is. Maybe that's why Solomon, the man of wisdom, wrote, A friend sticketh closer than a brother. You see, because you can't choose your parents And you don't choose your children. But you choose your friends. You see, the Christmas story is about God choosing humanity to cause them to be able to stand on the Savior's shoulders, to be able to reach higher, obtain greater, than we could without a friend of Jesus. So Luke is writing here and he's writing to the friends of God and he is saying, I'm writing to the ones that have the ability to stand on someone's shoulders. Friends of God. Go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Look at verse 8. Now, this is written to the friends of God, okay? Now, therefore, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. Hallelujah. Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I'm so grateful for the Christmas story. How about you? See, the, the story to the friends of God is a story of great tidings and great joy. Do you have great joy today? If you don't have great joy today, that means you might not have a true revelation of what's really taking place. Let let me say it again. If we don't have great joy as we celebrate the Christmas story, then we may not have a full revelation of what God has done for us. You see, if we just mentally assent the Christmas story 
And we just, we just think, oh, Jesus, a baby in a manger, wise men, shepherds, the following a star and all that. And it's like, isn't that cute? It is cute, but it's so much more than a story, Alex. It is good tidings of great joy for all people, for all people, not some people, not just the Jewish people. Not just for this nation or that nation, but this is good tidings of great joy for all people. Do, do you have a revelation of what Jesus did when he came to the earth as a baby that lived a sinless life, that, was, that, that, that laid down his life for us, that was crucified on the cross for us, that was laid in the lowered parts of the earth and was risen up into glory? Do we have a revelation of the gospel this morning? Well, tell your face. <laughs> Tell your face. Come on. Let's have joy this morning. I have great joy this morning. Hallelujah. You're like, I thought I was going to come to a Christmas Eve service and we were going to like sing a couple couple carols and, you know, not here. Sorry. So what we have to understand, this is good tidings of great joy. And this is for the friends of God. Which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Let's go to verse 14. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Do you want to know God's will for you? It's good. It's good. Goodwill towards all men. You know, wherever you might be in your situation right now, and you might be in one of the darkest places you've ever been in your life, you need to just receive this Christmas story to a friend of God and say, you know what? You know what? Yeah, right now I'm in a difficult place. But according to the Christmas story, goodwill towards all men. Goodwill towards all men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven and the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Thank you, Father. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Christmas. You know... Are you grateful for the gift of Jesus? Thank you, Father. You see, the the revelation of a friend is it's it's an exchange. It's an exchange of favor and support. It's this idea of him bringing something into our lives that we couldn't do on our own. As friends of God, he gave us gifts. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall rest upon his shoulders. 
And he will, be, he will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Go to there real quick. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. Now listen to this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we, we talk about the unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, but then it gets to the end of that statement. It says, and the zeal of the Lord will perform this, meaning God wants to do this for you and I. Why? Because he wants us to bring us near into his kingdom. He wants us to give an access what we didn't have access to any longer. This is a gift for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And it was the zeal, the energy, and the passion, and the, and the fervency of the Lord of, of heaven to see this come to pass. That's how much he loves you and I, to see this gift taking place in our lives. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Christmas is about gifts given and gifts received. You would say, Pastor, is, it, is, is Christmas about materialism? I didn't say that. It, it's about gifts given and gifts received. It's about gifts given and gifts received. So look here, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord. He fulfills his word. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Hallelujah. So this gift that was given, this, this son that was born, this, this, son that was, this child that was born, this son that was given... He was to be God with us. Be God with us. It was to bring us near. If we could understand how separated and that humanity was. That when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, it was a great separation. And here they used to walk with God in the garden. In the cool of the day. And all of a sudden, that relationship was severed. That relationship was cut off. Have you ever been separated from a relationship? Maybe they went to heaven. Maybe, maybe it's a strange relationship with a child. Maybe something happened in family of some sort and you've been separated from someone for a long time. And it hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. Or maybe you had, you had long-standing friendship with someone and you were covenant friends, but all of a sudden that friendship was betrayed. Or maybe even in a marriage. And all of a sudden that, that, that relationship is severed. What ha- it, 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 there's something on the inside of you that hurts because of that separation. What do you think God felt? 
Everything, his everything he rided, he gave into his kingdom, into his family, and yet, and yet Satan had separated man from, separated man from God's prize, his prized possession, which was us. They were friends. But yet, this story of this son, this gift that was given, that he will be called Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. Why is that so important? Because it's a revelation to you and to me that I'm now back in right relationship because of Jesus. I can now be with God once again. I'm not estranged any longer. Why? Because of this friendship. And get this, it wasn't a friendship by blood. It was a friendship by choice. He chose He chose. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous for the unrighteous. So he's writing to the friends of God. So so we can stand on his shoulders. In this exchange that we can now be close with God. This gift. Thinking about John chapter 4, verse 10. And he's, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And she makes a, he, he makes a statement to her, he, Alex. He goes, he goes, if you had just known and recognized the gift. If you had just known and recognized the gift. He goes, I would have given you water that you have never thirsted of before. How many people do we walk by day in and day out that don't recognize the gift of Jesus? How many of us through, throughout our lives that we heard the, the gospel of Jesus and maybe even, even, even were, were born again at one time in Christians and saved, but yet, but yet we walked away from it because we didn't truly recognize the gift. Christmas is about gifts given and gifts received. And Jesus was saying, if you recognize me, if you recognize this gift, it will give you something eternal. See, the gifts of the Christmas story aren't just something that give us something for a feeling in the moment, but it is something that, that has established something in me for eternity. Go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 15. I'm sorry, John 15, not 1 John. Some of you Bible scholars are like, there's no 15 in 1 John. And some of you have been like, I'm looking for that. I can't find that. <laughs> say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Say I'm thankful, I'm thankful. For, gifts given for gifts given and gifts received. And gifts the gift was given. Have you received it? First John chapter 15. Let's look at verse 13. Did I say first John again? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this. No greater love than this. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his, what? Friends. 
friends. No greater love than this. Do we really understand friendship? No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus says this, you are my friends. If you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. But I've called you friends. No longer do I call you servants. Now that doesn't mean we're not to serve. But the thing is, is I'm not a servant trying to earn my place in the kingdom. But he calls me a friend. But I've called you friends. But I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I've made known to you. You see, a friend wants to let you in on some secrets. You see, he's writing to the friends of God in the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And he's, he's wanting some friends of God to know something that will cause their life to go to another level. And here Jesus saying that I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. And because I call you friends, that whatever my father tells me, I'm going to tell you. I mean, oh, thank you, Lord. And for the sake of time, I mean, what are, the, what are some of the things that Jesus has provided for us besides salvation? What are some of the gifts that he's given? The Father, the Father gave the gift of Jesus. But Jesus says that I call you friends and whatever my Father tells me, I'm going to communicate to you. So Jesus communicates through us to us things that, that have now we have access to and we have a right to. What are some of the gifts that we've received because of Jesus? How about righteousness? The free gift of righteousness. Through one man's disobedience, death reigned. But through one man's obedience, righteousness reigns to all mankind. And who receives the gift of grace and the gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in, by one, in, in life by one Christ Jesus. So because of this, because I'm a friend of God and, and he's let me into this kingdom, I have this closeness with God. I understand as I look at the Christmas story, I'm also seeing the fact that I have access because I'm righteous. I've been made right in his sight. He who knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You talk about a, an exchange, man, an exchange of favor, an exchange of support. He who knew no sin became sin that I could be righteous. Whoa. Christmas is about gifts given and gifts received. What about the peace of God? John 14, 27, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. What about John 16? What about the, the gift that comes, the gift of joy? We sing and, and sing joy to the world. But what about this joy? He goes, he talks about this joy in John 16. 
Where he says, he goes, the world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. It's a joy that comes from heaven. I'm telling you, we have the gift of joy. We have the gift of righteousness. We have the gift of peace. We have the gift of mercy. We have the gift of grace. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What are all the gifts that we've received? Because now we have been brought near and are considered friends of God. Hallelujah. I have victory because of Jesus. I, I, have, I have healing rights. I have kingdom rights. I have, I have, a, I have a better covenant established on better promises. But if you just see Jesus as a baby in a manger, you don't recognize everything we've been given as friends. Hallelujah. Let's keep reading here. I'm going to start to close. Hallelujah. Are you grateful for the gifts given and gifts received? Are you a friend of God? Give him a shout of praise if you're a friend of God. Now, I want to I close with this because now that we realize we're friends of God, what responsibility does that put on us? Let's look at, let's keep reading here in John 15. Verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Appointed you. Say, I'm appointed. That you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. You see, he's talking to what? Jesus is talking to his friends, right? He's telling them, I'm going to share everything that my father revealed to me. I'm going to reveal everything you are. And he goes, I didn't choose you. He goes, uh, you didn't choose me. I chose you to appoint you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. I believe that there needs to be something that comes out of this relationship and friendship with God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, and I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures, but this is what I want to close with. He's appointed us that we would go and bear fruit. Before I read Ephesians 2, in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says this. Remember, he's, he's talking to his friends. And Jesus says, as my father sent me. What does he say? So I send you. John 15, he tells us, I've appointed you that you would go and bear much fruit and that your fruit would remain. John 20, he says, as my father sent me, so I send you. Wait a minute, the Father said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, right? That whoever would believe would not perish, but everlasting life. And Jesus says, as my Father sent me, so I send you. So could we, could we make John three sixteen sound like this? For Jesus so loved the world, he gave them us. So that whoever who would believe on Jesus... Would not have perished, but have everlasting life. If, if Jesus, if God sent Jesus because of that, and Jesus sent uh, uh, you and I for the same reason, wouldn't it be for the same reason? For Jesus so loved the world that he gave you and I? 
He appointed us that we will go and bear fruit and that our fruit shall remain. In Matthew chapter 10, he tells the disciples before they go out and he tells them, he goes, hey, heal heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. He goes, freely you've received what freely give. Now let's let's close here in, in Ephesians 2. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. Are you grateful for that? For we are his workmanship. Say, I'm his workmanship. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you and I are to walk in good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And we could keep reading, but let's go to chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. He's a prisoner, meaning, meaning he, he has a duty. He's got something that he can't get away from. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it was now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Now this, through the gospel which I became a minister. Can you say it with me? I became a minister. I became a minister. So he says, I became a minister According to the gift of grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Are you born again? Has Jesus changed your life? Then you have received that same grace that Paul received. And Paul says, by this I minister. And he goes, I have a duty. I'm a prisoner to this. Meaning, Meaning everywhere I go, I'm looking for people that aren't friends of God. Everywhere, I'm go, I'm, everywhere I go, I'm looking for someone to stand on my shoulders to be able to tap into something they couldn't tap in without a Savior. And as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to leave this place and we have to use 2024 as a mandate where we as friends of God are going to go out and allow people to stand on our shoulders to become friends of God. Now listen to what he says here. As it pertains to sharing the gospel. According to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Let's look at verse 8. To me who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul saying, I need to preach on the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unser- that's, th- this means unsearchable riches 
of Christ. The unsearchable, meaning these gifts are so great you can't comprehend them. Even me as being born again for going on 31 years, I haven't tapped into the fullness of who he is. Paul says, I I preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul's saying, everywhere I go, I'm preaching the gifts given and the gifts received. He may not call it a Christmas story, but he's preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ. He's preaching about the uncertain, I can't comprehend Now, the word riches there, one of the definitions in the Greek is the bestowments, meaning meaning it's the gifts that have been given. Paul's saying, everywhere I go, I'm preaching the gifts that have been given. Everywhere I go, I'm talking about the gifts that Christ has brought, the unsearchable riches of Christ. I want you to see as we close out today the Christmas story is about gifts given and gifts received. But it's also understanding through the Christmas story and through the gospel I'm a gift given and a gift that needs to be received. You're a gift given and a gift that needs to be received. And people need to know the unsearchable riches of Christ that has intersected with your life. You and I are living testimonies of his gifts given and gifts received. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the joy that it brings. We thank you for the the correction it brings. We thank you for the inspiration it brings. We thank you for even the mandate that it brings. I thank you that you have called us friends. Thank you for every gift that you have made available to us as believers. And we receive it today. We receive the righteousness. We receive the hope. We receive this new covenant reality. We receive the peace We receive the joy. We receive the strength that comes from knowing you. But Lord, we also receive the mandate that we would be a light in a dark world and that we would go and share all about the unsearchable riches of Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that word today? Say, I'm a friend of God. Give him a shout of praise if you've received that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Praise you, Father. Just bow your heads for a moment. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, what an opportunity to hear about a gift today, but also receive a gift. If you were to leave this place today and something were to happen and you would enter into eternity, 
Do you know where you would spend eternity? Do you know where you would go? Do you have a revelation, an understanding in your heart of hearts that not just mental assent that you're born again, but the Bible says that His Spirit will bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if you don't have that assurity this morning, what a day on Christmas Eve to receive this gift. And deep in your heart, if you know that if you were to pass and something would happen when you leave here today and you, and you died and, you, and you, you wouldn't know where you go, you don't have an assurity down on the inside of you that you are a child of God. If that's you this morning, just with everyone with their head bowed, just, just right where you are, lift your hand up. Just lift your hand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hmm. Are you grateful for salvation? I'm so grateful for salvation. Just everyone repeat this after me and also those watching at home. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Christmas story. I thank you for sending the gift of Jesus. Today, I repent of all my sin. I repent for being separated from you. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior. I believe that he was born of a virgin that he came into the earth and he died on the cross and he saved me from my sin. I'm thankful that he took on, his, on my penalty in his life for me. I receive salvation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Ooh. You see that word today?